Welcome back to Speaking of Strong Style, where we discuss the news, issues, and events surrounding New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm Stephen Conway. With me is Jeremy Feinstone. We're contributors to the Fight Game Media Network. We're very happy to be back with everybody. It was a show, Jeremy, where we saw a wonderful power struggle thing. We did a special show uh, wrapping that up. So this week, we just get to kind of talk about the issues and some of the upcoming events that are coming along. And there's a lot to be excited about. How are you feeling this week? I'm great. I'm ready to bullshit about some New Japan right now. That's what we're going to be doing today. Uh, we uh, we did a show Saturday recapping all of Power Struggle. So go ahead and check the archives and YouTube for that. You can just look us up and find all call there. And now we're here talking about what Lone Star Shootout. We got some Wrestle Kingdom matches that have just been laid bare. We got a couple other matches that seem to be in the wings. Some of our dreams are not coming true. Some of our dreams are coming true. Some of these Wrestle Kingdom matches. Uh, let's get this underway, my man. We're also going to preview the Lone Star Shootout this week. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata. We've got some other things. And we also have Brad and Colin here with us. Hey, guys. Glad you're here. And we have a special interactive segment. We're going to try something. We're going to experiment, Jeremy. I got an idea. Uh, I already forgot play. what this was, so I'm ready to have some fun with it. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a look at Steven this. told me this idea, and I was like, sure, sounds great. And then I realized I forgot completely. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a surprise to everybody. Venk and Bjorn's here, too. Good. All right. I'm, I'm glad you guys are here for this, because this is something I, I, I wanted all the, the – I got we got the best folks here. We got the A-team here with us this week, and I, that's what I wanted for this. So let's talk about uh, some of the – hey, there you go. Sam's here, too. Fantastic. This is going to be great. Uh, Sam from Power Bombshells, uh, 1 p.m. on uh, Sunday. Don't forget about that show here. With the uh, Click, that. like, so, and subscribe both of our shows on the YouTube Fight Game Media channel. Absolutely. And also, you know, rate us, leave us a review on the podcast as well. It helps with uh, helps people find the show. So let's talk a little bit about coming out of Power Struggle, the Wrestle Kingdom matches that were announced. Again, we had the show earlier this week that you can listen to us really break down that great Power Struggle show match by match. But we have a few matches here that are definitely worth mentioning. And of course, we found out we're going to get the special singles rematch between Kazuchika Okada and Brian Danielson in the Dome. So that's one that we're now, we're, now we've got a lot of time to talk about these matches. So we're not going to break this thing down and dismantle it here. Uh, on All this I got to say is it sure is funny that that injury managed to keep him out of commission right up until Wrestle Kingdom, but he's <laughs> totally going to be fine for it. We're putting him in bubble wrap. We're, we're putting Brian Danielson in bubble wrap until this one. We're oh. going to make sure we get this one in. Will Ospreay against John Moxley. Yes. And David Finlay. Uh, well, here's the thought on this one. <laughs> but that's the reaction. You either love or hate that this match is happening. <laughs> Across wrestling, that was the reaction, right? And the, the funny thing is, I think this is going to work out just fine. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think... I, I don't think uh, Osprey is going to win this match, but we're going to get into it later. But Moxley might, Finlay might, and they needed to have the leader of Bullet Club in a prominent spot. And I think this is actually going to be a good way for them to do it. I think these three have enough of a contrast in styles that this could be a really exciting match. Moxley's a good worker at what he does, and the people in Japan love him. Will Ospreay is one of the very best in the world. We're going to get into that in a minute. And uh, I think this actually has great potential. So that, anyway, that's the match. It's a three-way match for a new championship. Now, it, it mentions it here, the U.S.-U.K. heavyweight title. But Finlay demolished both of those belts, and both he and Osprey in backstage comments said something about a new title, whether it's bringing back the Intercontinental title there or starting something brand new. There will be a new title. New. 
and it will yeah. not be the intercontinental titles the understanding that i have based off of discussions with uh people i'm not going to say are like official or anything but who know more than uh we do and are able to share such information it probably will not be the intercontinental title i have one thought about david finley in this match no, that is up to this point the number of people who have seen clips of David Finley and have opinions of David Finley without actually watching David Finley in a high-level match is minuscule. And him in this event at Wrestle Kingdom will put more eyes on him and actually watching a match than anything he's had up to this point. I, I understand that he's been in the G1 and he's been at a Dominion match where he was dominant with the Never Openweight. This is a completely different level of exposure for him. This is a match a match with Will Ospreay and John Moxley, and this is the put-up-or-shut-up match for him, and I'm confident he's going to be able to put up. And, of course, Will is about to be the biggest free agent in wrestling, so that's right. uh, coming up here soon. Benkin mentions February, this. Baby. <laughs> I agree with Eddie Kingston about what he said about Finlay. I think he said something along the lines of he just doesn't believe him, right? He just doesn't – isn't that what he said? Help, help us out remember. on that, Benkin, a little bit right there. Help us out Elaborate, on that, Elaborate, my friend. And he also says Moxley's going to make it false count anywhere around the Tokyo Tone. He might trade. I'll bet he suggests it. I'll bet he suggests it. I don't know if he's going to get it, but I don't know. He made a hell of a good use out of the building last week there, uh, Eddie on Arena in Osaka. They, he and Great Okan did a wonderful job there incorporating that arena into their match. I have to look like fun another character. that match. Yeah, it was a great one, man. That's right. All right, what else we have here? Yes, here we go. On the cover of Weekly Pro Wrestling in Japan this week, Taromu Takahashi and El Desperado one-on-one. And, uh, yeah, I, these are the two best junior heavyweights in the world. There you go. Low-key, the match I didn't think that they would do, and I am over the moon that they're doing it. Low-key's not in that match. What are you talking about? Ah. Uh, next, we have Catch 2-2 uh, against Clark Connors and Driller Maloney, Driller Maloney. Driller Maloney for the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championship. And uh, these are probably two of the best junior teams in the world. So no complaints about any of this, man. No complaints. Best junior team or – Best tag teams in the world. I'm try. I'm struggling when I thought about this. Or is this a match between the two best tag teams in the world? The two best tag teams in the world? Yeah. No. But I mean, the they're they're very the world right now. Who are the best teams in the world right now? Yeah. I'm still in the. I'm still in the tank for Aussie Open. I still Which like have F not been much of a tag team for. No, but I mean, that's They're more due to injuries. Aussie Open Tag Team of 2023, unfortunately. You know, I'm still enough for FTR. I like them all a lot. I still think they're pretty great. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they're amongst they've them. Had a, they've had a better catalog of matches than Catch 2 2 this year. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, maybe it is. This it's, is definitely a question that I've been struggling with. It's like, is this a match of the two best tag teams of 2023? And there's a real argument for it. There's so an argument, yeah. Maybe we'll revisit this in a couple of weeks, but. When you start really digging in the catalog of matches and quality, you know, like it's a it, it's a preference thing when you get down to it, but subjectively they're in the conversation. Both. Oh, definitely. Oh, they're certainly in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm not sure Coglin and Kid aren't. If you really go to it, and I'll right. tell you what, T TMDK when they're hitting on all cylinders, Shane Haste sure. and Mikey Nichols smooth as silk too in the ring together. So there's a lot of good ones. Bishamon, we really shouldn't dismiss those. Oh, two. right. Eddie, uh, <laughs> although <more>. you did, <laughs> you just did. Uh, Vankin said Eddie made a post about Finlay that read local guy ruins everything with a picture of David Finlay. <laughs> okay, he's not wrong. And uh, Brad gotta... says he's happy for Despy to get his big moment. So I am too. So, Steven, you know what's exciting? 
What's it's that? how we're going to be able to watch Wrestle Kingdom. Now. Well, yes, but can I do my other thing there? The, the, yeah, my interactive yeah, yeah. thing here? Okay, here's yeah, what yeah. I wanted to talk about. Everyone agrees, basically, everyone that matters agrees, that Will Ospreay right now in 2023 is having one of the best years in the ring that anyone has ever had. Just the various people that he's been in the ring with, the classic matches that he's had. This is what I wanted to ask this group of people about. Now, we're going to get into this, and I don't want you to send your responses yet. So I want you to think about this for a while, because I want everyone to kind of just really ponder this for a second. Will, uh, Will Ospreay having one of the best in-ring calendar years that anyone's had, going all the way through the Omega matches, through the Shoto Amino match, through everything else, Naito, Okada, on and on, Wembley Stadium, all that stuff. Who else, in this group's opinion, has had a year that is close to that, maybe even you think is beyond that? Maybe someone you think has had a better year. Maybe someone's had a year that you think is close to this one. I don't want you to put it in the comments yet because we could all read them and then we wouldn't be able to just talk about them. So ponder that for a little bit. We're going to come back to this topic later on in the show. When we come back to it, I would love to read in the comments what you guys think are some of the best in-ring calendar years wrestlers, an individual wrestler or tag team, we'll go with that, has ever had. I'm deeply curious to hear what people think about that. I have a couple that I'll get into. So, so when we get back to that, in eh, about maybe 45 minutes to an hour or so, We'll come back to it. And, of course, uh, if you're watching this later and not live, we'd love to get your opinion in the comments. We really, I, I'm really curious to hear what people think because I, everyone's been talking about how this is um, among or the best year anyone's had. I want to hear some of the others because there are some really great uh, people that uh, could be nominated for this. I'll bring mine. You guys bring yours when we come back to this. Because if they just sit in the comments over here, we'll all see them. It won't be like a real conversation. So we'll come back to it. Think about it. And uh, maybe we'll have a little interactive thing here this week. I think that might be fun. I'm excited for this. I think I might have one or two, but I'm going to throw them at the tail end after everyone else throws in there. I mean, we got, this is where this we one got, isn't about me, guys. It's about you. We got Vankin. We got Colin. We got Brad. Sam's here if she's able right. to stay. I mean, this is this should be great stuff. I'm, I'm really fired up about seeing the responses. So, All right. So we talked about the Wrestle Kingdom matches. Now, uh, the app dropped today. We have a brand new NJPW World, a new interface. If you look at it on your PC, a dedicated app for both what Android, iOS, and all of those things. I downloaded my uh, app to both my phone and my TV. Uh, oh, Sam was, Sam's going to be gone the later part of the show. Can you just go ahead and say my name? Yes, Sam, go ahead. Because I, I would like, go ahead. Sam, uh, since Sam's not going to be here. Send it in our Slack DM so we can <clears> grab it later without there you go. on it. That's a good idea. But uh, yeah, I, I would love to hear yours. I absolutely want to hear yours. And uh, so, uh, so the New Japan, we have it on my uh, Apple TV now. I have it on my my iPhone. You can also get it on your uh, Android. My first impression of it, I was thrilled when I opened up the app on my TV and it looked just like the PC interface for the most part. It had, you know, the new stuff, the recommended stuff, the, you know, I, I loved all those things. Uh, it looked an awful lot like it did. It looked familiar. It looked intuitive if you're used to dealing with it on the website. So it wasn't just a total shakeup of everything. And uh, I was excited about it. I thought it looked good. I thought it was fairly easy to navigate. So those were my early impressions. And I'm looking forward to watching a show on it so that 
if I go into another app, get a phone call or anything else, it doesn't knock New Japan off because I, I was streaming it from or casting it, I guess is the, the word from my phone to the TV. Now I don't have to do that anymore. So it's sitting there right next to Netflix and uh, Max and all those other things. So uh, it should make things a lot easier for watching these shows. And I think it's going to look better. Um, all of the previous quality of footage that have has not been upscaled or anything like that. But my understanding is that uh, the quality going forward is going to be uh, full HD in a lot of this. So uh, I took some screen grabs of the entire thing. And so I'm going to kind of power through these real quick. As you can see, they have the familiar style with the banner shows at the top. And then the new releases and the recommendations. And that's all fine, well, and good. And then you go into it. And then you have a drop-down menu for the Power Struggle, which shows you all 12, 10 shows or whatever, uh, the episodes. I have not found yet an ability to download anything, which they said is coming, but it's not there yet. Well, not uh, everything is there, because here's an important oh, thing. Oh, no, no, they're not at all. And by the way, here we go. The voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling in English, Walker Stewart, is here with us, and we're thrilled to have you, Walker. As a guy who has a lot to learn about, learn about NJPW. I'm loving this upgrade. It makes it so much more viewable. I'm it's very happy very with this streamlined. Well. And as it, you can see, we have all the shows that they've done in order all the way through. So if you wanted to do a chronological viewing of it, all you have to go is the main event of all these shows, or you can go even deeper into it. And then within it. You have every single show that you could go through all the way through. Um, it does appear that if you are willing to watch Japanese commentary for some of these fight pay-per-views, you will be able to watch it uh, on delay later on without watching it live. I believe that is the way it is. You might be able to watch it live, but I don't know if you're going to be that lucky. Uh, so let's go over this because there are a couple of comments here that I think are worth mentioning. And Colin has one here. Uh, when you scroll down the old website, there was a whole English section. It's gone as far as I can see. We're going to get to that in a second because they've been uh, careful to announce that this thing isn't complete as it is right now. Brad also mentioned switching from Japanese to English commentary is very easy. You can flip back and forth. And uh, that's pretty nice. Now, here's what is here and what is coming. So from the uh, New Japan official website, every event that aired on NJPW World from January 2021 to present, full event versions only, is there. Tokyo Dome Archive. So the January 4th Tokyo Dome Archive. Now that's important wording. Not just Wrestle Kingdom, but remember January 4th has been the day from going back from before Wrestle Kingdom way back. So the January 4th Tokyo Dome Archive is there. The G1 Climax Finals arc, and that's all the matches that are currently on NJPW World. Sometimes they had interpromotional matches back in the day, and New Japan doesn't have the rights to all those, so not all of it's there. But anyway, G1 Climax Finals archives, all the matches that were on World have been migrated over. Same thing for the Dominion archive. So they also have full NJPW Strong on Demand archive, the AEW archive from April of 2022. That's for the folks in Japan only. Uh, Shinichi Champion, Shinichi-chan uh, archive the pay-per-view content, and 30 more of the most popular archived matches. So they just put the popular stuff and threw it on there. And then they have this at the bottom. As videos migrate to the new service, the archive will be added on a regular basis going forward. So they are going to continue to move things from the archives they and to the new one. Eventually, everything that was on it before is going to be on it again. It's just not there yet. So if stuff's missing and things, I think they will uh, get that 
Uh, Those doing the research in. and the deep dives and going like deep on rungs of guys are unfortunately uh, going to be waylaid for a while. But you want to watch the key Dominion Dominion matches, G one matches, Wrestle Kingdom matches. They pretty much have everything there for you, and then you know it'll be okay. It's just going to take time. <laughs> when you hate my commentary, it's very easy to switch to Japanese. <laughs> this feature, uh, I don't think there's going to be too much of that. So I you, you did go it. actually into the show and switch <laughs> audio from English to Japanese within each broadcast. Now is yeah, like kind of like you're watching Disney Plus or HBO Max. You just switch the switch the commentary track to whatever one mm-hmm. you like. That's great. yeah. It, that is very cool. I do like that. And uh, let's see, Brad has some more information. Chris Charlton was on Twitter this morning answering a lot of questions. So going down his timeline, I got a might question. answer anything people may be wondering. Are there subtitles? Well, I mean, they're going to be no, on the uh, best subtitles, like English commentary. Will there be subtitles for English commentary? Because I'm old. And if I can get commentary at the bottom of the screen, like writing, if I'm understanding, so I don't have to rewatch things to catch what's said, I, uh, I'm all for that. Like, I know that that makes me sound old and uncool, but I love it when I have like the actual uh, closed captioning uh, underneath me as I'm going. And I'm just wondering, will there be closed captioning on here while we have Walker Stewart here? Well, I don't know if he is. Right. Well, Chris, you might, maybe you should read Chris Charlton's timeline too. Maybe he'll tell you. Uh, Colin, <laughs> Colin mentions we did have to change our password, which he said yeah, was a pain. Yeah, that's did. and I, I did I'm not, not have a, you what it is, but it, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the uh, I, I did have to put a special character in mind now. There, so it is, it's the whole thing where it's the standard eight characters, uh, a letter, a number, and a special character in there. I had to throw a special character. Well, in. Look at that I can't tell you, can I? I, I, never, I can't, I'm not supposed to tell you those things. Have we, have we, have we killed this conversation dead yet? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think, uh, but what I'm saying is there, uh, I liked the interface on the screen quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the app on my phone quite a bit. I, I thought those were all good signs. Not everything is there yet. So as it comes in, like for instance, like this morning anyway, I couldn't search by decade. Uh, I like to go back into the 70s sure. and and. Uh, when I'm doing research sometimes for the historical portions of this show, I'll go back and watch old matches. That stuff's not there yet, but it's going to be. It, this is not a thing where we're starting fresh and uh, all the other stuff's gone. They will be migrating that stuff over, and hopefully they will have that English ribbon as well down there too. So hopefully they'll bring that back. But they said they would. They said they would basically you know, bring that stuff along. We just can't do moment, it all at once. I got into New Japan, and I got into that New Japan world app. I was like, oof. This app is something else. And then <laughs> July, August, we get the announcement. We're getting a new New Japan app. And uh, it's kind of like Christmas morning. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, you get the app. You're like, I'm going to check this thing out, give it a spin. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. It's going to make things a little bit easier. And mm-hmm. uh, that's all I can hope for is I don't care that it's being built as we speak. I am just very happy for a high quality app moving forward. Yes. And, and it is nice that it's dedicated for specific phones and all that. So my only request for Bushy Road, please. I can't get on my knees because of the way this desk is. I'm begging you. Do Stardom World next. For the love of all that's good and holy, <laughs> fix that thing. Fix Stardom World. They, they will so many more subs as soon as they do. Please. I'll buy more tickets. I'll buy more paper. What Whatever you want. I don't care what I got to do. Just do something about Stardom World. Love it. 
We got any I comments have... before we move on to the uh the Lone Star shootout? No, uh we no, I, I think that we got all that. Let's see. The yeah, let's see. I'm looking around for the comments there, but uh yeah, no, there was uh Lone Star Shootout is coming up. So uh yeah, anyway, the all the, the content over there on the app. I think we can go to Lone Star Shootout. I think we've uh, mentioned everything we're gonna mention here, and we'll just have to see how the app comes along as it has uh items migrated over to it so the lone star shootout i'm gonna be there in person we're both going to wrestling tomorrow night jeremy live and in person I, okay 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 you're going to lone star shootout yeah. i'm going to collusion i'll tell you what i'm charging up my phone and i'm gonna be having lone star shootout going on my phone while i'm oh, at cool. collision because you know what they haven't yeah. even announced more than i think two matches for a three-hour show and i know the entire card for lone star shootout including a grip of AEW stars that are going to be on this show instead. So I'm I'm looking forward to having a good time. I'm having for with my friends. I I know what I'm getting from this collision rampage taping, and I'm way more excited for Lone Well, let's not bury the lead here. Wait a second. Look at this. So Vank and Bjorn saying, just give me English commentary and start on pay-per-view. Yes, please, all day. And uh look what we got here from Walker. Working on this. Hey now working on this that's you know that's exciting that's really cool is that a sneaky little eyebrow raise oh my goodness that would be wonderful oh man my two favorite promotions i can hear him yeah that would be great let's hope that that uh, happens fingers (laughs) crossed everybody the bushy road ends up uh doing that too man we might have all kinds of good news on the show this week so are we uh we're going top to bottom on lone star or bottom to top well, let's do it. Let's go uh, the top to bottom, I think, is where you have the slides, right? I did, but I can go the other way. We can let's switch top it up. We can get let's wide. do top to bottom. Let's talk about the big stuff. So let's bring up those graphics here. And yes, so uh, that this is going up in uh, Garland, Texas. There, come see me. Oh, and USVA guy is going to be at the Lone Star Shootout at the fan club table. So all right. Uh, hopefully, I'll get a chance to say hi to you this time. Didn't uh, I, I didn't know which one was. You're going to have to and, get a uh, group photo with everybody. Everybody here. <laughs> on the show, and you could go to Lone Star Shoot. I just take a group photo together and we'll just post it on the show later. So, this is about a, I'm going to take a nice three and a half hour drive up uh, to Garland, Texas, for this one, not too far yeah. outside of DFW area. I think I'll so. be doing an hour, hour and a half to Oakland tomorrow from San Jose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it, that they're doing Rampage live and collision taped? It's interesting. I don't know why they're doing the collision tape, but I don't think I honestly think that in the Bay Area they couldn't draw for two nights in a row, so they needed to do one together. They're having trouble drawing one night in a row. It, some of these times. It's not pretty, but uh buy one, get one. So hey. <laughs> Beautiful. It, it will cost me more to watch the fight pay-per-view of AEW than it will to get in the door for AEW tomorrow. That's intriguing. That is intriguing. Yeah, it's, it's, it'll be twenty-five dollars, I think. Actually, the parking the parking will cost more than both shows combined. Now, this Lone Star shootout's on fight, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's like fifteen dollars, and then the buy one get one is like twenty dollars for two. So twenty five versus parking, which is probably gonna be like thirty. So it'll be a value worthy effort toward watching pro wrestling tomorrow night, and I get to hang out with all my friends, which is yeah. that's the best part. So I get to see Shingo Takagi again because he's going to be in the main event, never open weight championship match against Trent Beretta. So that's going to be uh, nominally the main event of this one, we believe. And uh, <laughs> it's such a weird match. It's a very weird match. It was a strange 
uh, challenge uh, to come up there. Everyone just kind of went, hmm, oh, who's going to challenge uh, Shingo? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> but uh, we expect a retention here, right? I mean, Shingo's going to go into Wrestle Kingdom as the never open way champion here. Sure. So, uh, but uh, Trent Barrett is a good wrestler. My, my point on Trent was never that he's not worthy of being in a big match. It's just that he's not exactly the most pushed guy in the world right now. So it's it just, just kind of a random thing. It did. So I think this is going to be a hell of a good match. Shingo Takagi can work well with anyone. Trent Beretta is a good wrestler and a good worker. So I think what we're going to end up with is a good match and a good uh, chance for the champion to get a title retention and 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 pick it up and, and you know, just go into Wrestle Kingdom with uh, momentum. And I, I got no problem with that at all. And certainly none with seeing Shingo Takagi again after his match with Tomatongo a couple weeks ago, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So Trent, frankly underrated. And his association with Chuck Taylor kind of brings him down in a way because Chuck Taylor, I love the guy. I love Chuck Taylor, but for whatever reason, he is He's not smudging. he is not doing what Trent Beretta is doing and Orange Cassidy doing is doing and Chris Statland is doing. It's just it's just not happening. So having Trent have an opportunity to do this out of nowhere, basically, on a new Japan stage is interesting because you're counting on his Rapongi uh, lineage to really like the chaos and the Rapongi aspect of it rather than like his AEW because there's it stopped at the traps going on with what he's got in AEW. I couldn't tell you the last interesting thing that he's had going on, but when he wants to get like hard and in a match, the dude can go. So I'm looking forward to the vicious kind of heelish Trent Beretta trying to trying to restart that kind of thing because there's no way Shingo Takagi is getting booed in this match. So I right. have to assume Trent Beretta is coming in here and just pissing everybody off. Has the potential to be a fantastic main event, but I I think there was a misread of the room when they used him as a reveal at <laughs> Samstown in order to get people excited for the next show. Yeah, I don't know how else you do it than that, though. It's it's a tr it's a tricky thing. But yeah, I did, that did uh, that did uh, kind of fall a little bit flat. But, you know. It, it is Colors. interesting. Of the three AEW stars, Trent Beretta is the main adventure. And Brad mentions, do you think Shingo's Wrestle Kingdom opponent makes himself known after this one? Possible. I think that also might come a little bit down the road. I don't know if Lone Star shootout on a pay-per-view on fight is where they're going to choose to do the reveal for a Wrestle Kingdom match like that, especially if Shingo is going to be against a special opponent. We so know I think they might in the wings, right? Yeah. And they, they seem to be leaning toward a rematch there. So they might announce that a little bit later, maybe around World Tag League-ish stuff. There is There are a few matches that they need to do to fill out the World Tag League final. Bingo and Tamatonga for the for the finale a month before Wrestle Kingdom, to me, is the right amount of steam for that feud rather than ending it at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. How they go about and who the next person is going to be, I kind of think that there might be some reveals at Lone Star Shootout if it's not Nakajima, you know, which with his match made for the 31st or the 30th, cast a little bit of doubt. Uh, for his All Japan Pro Wrestling team. Uh, so we don't know, but I'm not particularly... I am not at maximum hype for Tamatonga and Shingo Takagi one more time at Wrestle Kingdom. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't really think that's the Kingdom match. I think that no. might happen before. I, I feel like we might get Tama Tonga and Shingo in, a, in some sort of face to face at the end of this one just to set up something, like you said, either at World Tag League finals or somewhere yeah. in between. And then after that one, maybe Shingo's uh, Wrestle Kingdom opponent becomes uh, known. But because Dunstan says, any chance we get uh, a serve challenger for Shingo at the dome instead of Tama for the dome. Yeah, I think there is a chance for that. Yep. I think there is a chance that something else is going on there. And uh, we might see it. Now, if they decide to go with the rematch of Tama Tonga, the Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom isn't normally where they like to do that kind of thing. But we are getting a rematch in one of the biggest matches on there, the Okada, uh, the Okada Danielson thing. Although I wouldn't put Tama Tonga challenging for the never open weight title in that dream match category, certainly. Uh, is there, is there a guy in new Japan that would be a good opponent for Shingo to go into Wrestle Kingdom? Is there a guy right now that you, you would kind of like, he's ready for this? Well, there's a bunch. I, I mean, the issue is the one guy that would probably be really good is in this faction. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, uh, I suppose you could do something like uh, if, if, well, no, I, see, they've already done he and Taichi. Yeah. Uh, Uemura, maybe. I mean, we all know what we're hoping for, right? That they make a deal for Nakajima. Right. <laughs> but uh, Nakajima. Yoda but... Suji doesn't quite work. It doesn't yeah. feel like Ren Narita and. Shota Umino, that's what their track is. Yeah. And then there's nobody in the mid-card slash upper mid-card with Finley kind of taking that lead. And I certainly don't want it to be evil versus Shingo Takagi. And that mm. really, like, if it's not, if it's no one else, they're going to tease evil and, like, really troll us until, like, they pull the rug out and actually it's this guy. Now, no. Nakajima, who's the guy we've kind of been hoping for, just we want to see that match, yeah. uh, won the All Japan, uh, Japan Triple Crown. That doesn't preclude him from being at Wrestle Kingdom. They've had the Triple Crown champion, on, and he and they beaten him before. So uh, Colin says he's kind of gutty, gutted that he's gone to AJPW. Hope it's just a short-term thing. Might be. And, of course, they do work with these other companies, so it's possible. Maybe we're all just more hoping than anything else. Yeah. Uh, Brad saying a rematch with Hanare could be. Uh, we've got Gabe Kidd gets a vote here from Dunstan. Shingo uh, Takagi and Jeff Cobb. No, I wouldn't complain about that a bit. That wouldn't that be would bad be at all. Match. And then Shingo Takagi versus Tom Lawler or Fred Rosser from Bobby Batito. Hey, Bobby. Bobby. Hey, good Welcome. to see you. Yeah, glad you're... Uh, oh, and you said hi earlier. I'm sorry, Bobby. I should have said hi when you mentioned it. Uh, well, you know, hmm. well, I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, higher up the card, you could do something like that. I like I Shingo I... Takagi versus Jeff Cobb for the for the never <laughs> never title. Uh, never, yeah. If nothing uh, else, if that if that if there's a guy on the roster that we're gonna fall fall up on, uh, I'm going I'm going Takagi and Jeff Cobb. If it's a guy on the roster, hi Paul. Yeah, and then uh, Grandpa Des says Walker catching up with the tournament shows, listening to you first. Great job, really enjoying your work. Yes, I think we all are doing a good job. Uh, that's and, our own Paul Fontaine. Yes, it is. The Dynamite Show and Grandpa in the clutch. Always makes me smile. And uh, Dunstan says Nakajima will be busy with Tag League in all Japan. So we only got a month or so to announce right. the match. So I think beginning of December kind of feels like when we're going to be finding out the next round of matches that are going to flesh out the rest of this uh, Wrestle Kingdom card. Yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, what else next? Ah, yes. See, this is the match. To be honest, this is the one that put my rear end in the seat. 
I am going to get to see one of the greatest Joshi wrestlers of all time, Mayu Iwatani, defend her title, the IWGP Women's Championship, against Stephanie Vaquer. And Vaquer is an up-and-coming uh, luchadora. She's been fantastic. She was really good at power struggle. She's uh, upped her game quite a bit mm-hmm. and uh, started off pretty good, by the way, and has only gotten better. This should be a terrific match, but, uh, you know, this could be a cardboard cutout against Mayu Iwatani, and I would have shown up to watch it because I really think that much of her. So very little doubt in my mind that this is a, a you know, that this is a showcase match here. I don't think Vicar is going to take the title, although I suppose it could. I have a theory on where the title change is going to come. <laughs> I want to hear this because I've been thinking of like, you still think Mayu is losing? She could win this match. Maybe. I, like, I would it, would be, it would be the upset of the show in a lot of ways where you're just like, if there's a, if there's a match, which a title could change and with all the politics and everything going on with stardom and they're just like, we're just going to put the belt on Stephanie moving forward. I think there's a real argument for that. She's that good. I would like to see Stephanie hold this title, but maybe not yeah. quite yet. How about that? And Bobby says it's great to see Vicar wrestling for the IWGP Women's Championship. And Dunstan says that, to be honest, this should be the main event. In my mind, it kind of is. Yeah, it, it really is the match I bought the ticket for. <laughs> this this match is going to blow people away. And they've they've done their best to kind of like hold off on really just letting Stephanie Vicar just loose. If that's mm-hmm. like, and I I I think this is going to be a big night for. Her. Win or lose, like a lot of people, like they're gonna, there's a lot more effort to put her front center because Monet ain't gonna be around forever. They only got Julia for a few days, and if you've seen Stephanie wrestle, you know she she's the real deal. Well, let's not have Julia out the door yet. Let's no, not have Julia out the door. Yet. I'm just, just she's not gonna be able to fill all the dates the domestic New Japan state side are gonna want her yeah. to do. You yeah. know, like she's gonna be in San Jose against Trisha Dora presumably. Um, so uh, it's entirely possible that, you know, they are looking for a new women pace and she could be that person. It's a thought. We'll see how it goes there. So uh, Vegan doesn't think she's losing, but you know, you make it, you make a compelling case. So we'll see how it goes. I'm still leaning toward a Mayu retention right here, but we'll see. And how it goes. probably will happen. But if there's, if there's a shot of it happening, Dunstan is asking, if we're sorry if we discussed this, but what are your thoughts on Mayu not defending the title of Wrestle Kingdom? Hearing that that belt wasn't going to be a kingdom, I was flat out disappointed. But I've been conditioned to it in that I've been disappointed with the way New Japan has integrated this stuff from the beginning. I, I don't think they've done a good job with it. I don't. Their heart is obviously not in it. Stardom seems, Rossi seems a little fed up with it, with the way some of this stuff has gone down. Uh, let's face it, this whole idea of having a really great stardom match within a new Japan concept hasn't panned out the way any of us were hoping. I'm disappointed. I was hoping to see uh, a big match there with, with Mayu and a top contender. Mm -hmm. And it just looks like right now they are just not feeling it. We're just not, just not into each other. They foisted upon title and the sooner that they are not having to worry about it. I feel like they are not going to want to worry about it. Yeah. So, uh, and then Brad mentions another thing that they really need to get to eventually. It's like, when are we going to be getting the team announcements for World Tag League? That needs to come here pretty damn soon. We got that. We got that rainy day show coming up in a couple of days. They might be throwing. That's not televised. That's not televised. They might announce it anyways. It's a house show. Throw it out there. 
No. We're going to talk about Andro and the, the rainy days thing and how it ties into Okada here in a little bit later. So, uh, you know, Bankin also says, you know, who I want to see versus Mayu is Hashimoto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun, too. That's a good one. All right. Moving on to this one, we are going to have a new world television or an NJPW world television champion. I don't think we're going to have a new champion here. Zack Sabre Jr. against Mike Bailey. Oh, this is going to be fun. Uh, I'm really fired up about seeing this one as well. And, you know, the thing about Mike Bailey, to have a guy you can bring in who's that good, who's that exciting, and who you can beat, New Japan doesn't have to protect him. And they haven't. Right. Right. And so yeah. they don't have to. He's a TNA guy, right? And we're calling a TNA again now. And, uh, you know, Zach is a, a guy who is piling up all these title defenses. He already has Hiroshi Tanahashi basically lined up for mm -hmm. the very near future, possibly at the Dome. And this is just going to be a really good match that I think Sabre's going to win. Of course, there's always that possibility of the time limit draw uh, out there. If, but I kind of expect Jack to win just because they don't need to protect Bailey. He's not a new Japan guy and they, and they can beat him. So, but Bailey's always fun. He's always exciting. This should be a very interesting clash again. And Zach works well with everyone. So uh, Jeremy, I, I'm fired up. 16th title defense. Is that what we're at right now? I think we're up there. Yeah. 20 yeah. before yeah. the end of the year. So we got speedball. We got Tanahashi. We got whoever is facing at Wrestle Kingdom, which I don't think is Tanahashi, but I would have no problem if it were because they've been going back and forth for the last four or five months trading wins and matches here and there. I, I understand what you mean. I just don't know. I'm really curious to see what Tanahashi does, if not that. Not saying you're wrong, but they would have no, to have right. something for Tanahashi. That's the thing. We are we are actively getting to the point where we have to be realistic about what Tanahashi's Spot is going to be at Wrestle Kingdom. Just oh, he's like gonna to he's gonna Wrestle be on the card though. He's, he's gonna, gonna be, be on, on the card mm -hmm. somewhere, but he could be in a lower level tap, and it could be it may not be a singles match because there are guys that are coming up that roster that are steamrolling their way into these singles matches that we kind of have to make room for right now. And yeah, the realistic factor of it. So I am uh, back to this match. <laughs> and speedball are in the running for who's the second best wrestler in the world right now. <laughs> right right yeah and, uh, what could go wrong find out and if what, that's how you want to build this match and go on like let's have fun because yeah. it will be a different match than speedball and osprey was and it'll be a different match than zach Saber jr and osprey was but when these two styles go together there are going to be a different level of magic and it may not feel as important as the other two matches, but I'd put money on it feeling just as special. And, you know, the thing you mentioned here, Will Ospreay should win Outstanding Wrestler of the Year, or what are we doing? I mean, he might win both right. that and Wrestler of the Year. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not trying to campaign. My point is, if Will Ospreay weren't having the Will Ospreay year, these two men would be in contention for Outstanding Wrestler of the Year with the years they've had and the yeah. variety of opponents and the matches that they've had. And I, they're still going to get votes, and they're still going to be and pretty high volume, up. And the volume, like, these two have probably mm -hmm. been the most prolific singles wrestlers of the entire year. There mm -hmm. are, like, I can think of people who've wrestled, like, 15, 20 matches, like, top level. I, I think these guys have wrestled, you know, more than that, especially yeah. with the G1. Like Zach Saber Jr. has had at least 30 to 40 singles matches this year. This guy's been insane. 
And then we go back to that, and both of them have had classics or classics or really close to classics with Osprey this year. Yeah, <laughs> so it's been such an like, exciting year for that. You stuff. you you've got the measuring stick, and then they both have already measured to him. So what are they going to measure against each other? It's just an unreal like triumvirate of talent. <laughs> And Sam says, Speedball says he actually watches TV. Well, there you go. All right. Well, <laughs> that's why That's why he should be the TV champion. There, there was an old Marvel character named Speedball, and all he did was bounce <laughs> off of him with, like, kinetic energy. Right. So when Speedball called himself Speedball Mike Bailey, I never thought about the drug aspect of it. I thought about this, like, Marvel character, and it's like, yeah, he does bounce off of everything. And uh, that's all right. That character had some dark endings in down the line, but when he was fun and bright, good times. It's an interesting point too. Is like I can't see Zach just laying around while like binge watching Netflix. Can't do it. Just can't see it. So man, maybe we need a new TV. I could. For that really? What? What's Zach binging exactly? I don't know, but I could. You don't know, do you? <laughs> I you know, I could see him watching the band. No, he's looking around Tokyo for a vegan restaurant, and he's doing. You know, he's working out. That's I what he's see doing. him watching that like. Uh, that kitchen drama with uh, the guy from Iron Claw and, and Jeremy, whatever. <laughs> All right, before we get out of hand with these comments here, this is Colin says Mayu will uh, probably defend the belt at Stardom show on January 4th. Man, I tell you what, I would love, I mean, what, it's a bucket list thing for me to go back to Japan in the first place. I would love to go back, even though the weather's crap, in uh, January because there are so many great wrestling shows. that way. It's starting to become an unofficial festival uh, something, you know, the way WrestleMania does where these other promotions put things together on the same weekend and, and, and things. And right now, uh, most of the major promotions have a big show somewhere near Wrestle Kingdom time. And, and then what a week to be in, uh, in, uh, Japan right there. So if you're, for the folks that are going over, try to see some of these other promotions as well while you're there. Why not go to Tudo Ocon, do the whole thing, make it a festival. I just realized like, if you really wanted to, you could start watching wrestling at like 8 PM on January 3rd with the stardom <laughs> show, because they're going stopped. earlier before wrestle kingdom. So they're probably going to be going seven or 8 PM Pacific time. And then you're just going to be going right into wrestle kingdom. Uh, and then we'll probably be doing a live show the next morning. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be a marathon on your birthday, Stephen. Yeah, I might not sleep for a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's gonna be a hell of a birthday. Sam, didn't he give up his TV like ten years ago? I, I, that can sounds, watch stuff on their phone. That sounds familiar to me. Though. It sounds familiar that he gave up. He seems like the kind of guy that would just say, "I'm not watching TV. Bugger off. I'm not looking at this crap." A modern day monk giving up material. <laughs> Let's look at some of these other comments. We got some good ones. Uh, there's Paul's mentions. He says those two in a 15 minute match will be incredible. Oh, yeah. And he would love to see Claudio versus Zach at the dome. Oh, yes, please. That'd be good. That'd be good. I like that idea. I was, thinking, I was thinking about where we would put Claudio if we did a Claudio match. There's and, a guy that uh, needs I, to be I, in. I have another thought about that. There's Claudio needs to be in the damn G1. Uh, that, that he's. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Uh, Bailey, I hope comes to New Japan more often in 2024 from Dunstan. Us too. We would love to see more of them over there. And uh, what does Zach say we're watching on TV? Venkin sends old Brian Daniels. <laughs> I'd love to. Ideas. I'd love to love see uh, Claudio and Achiti in the dome. Oh man, that, that's, my, that's my match. That circle that one and just have those two go at it. This is so much fun. Uh, back to the Lone Star Shootout. We have a special tag match, and this is a preview for the Dome match we talked about earlier. We have John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta from the Blackpool Combat Club against the Bullet Clubs, David Finlay and Kenta. So 
not too much to think about here. It's going to be a preview tag. One of them is going to finish off the partner of the other. No, Finley ain't laying down. Neither is Moxley. It's probably what Wheeler Yuta is there for. Although Going maybe into oblivion. Right, right into oblivion. <laughs> but the whole point is to whet the appetite and to give these guys some reps against each other a little bit. And we've seen how guys that don't have a whole lot of matches against each other, like Sonata and Naito, who stood next to each other and were in, in the corner for a lot, but didn't have a lot of matches against each other, have developed a bit of a rhythm over the last month. And uh, so it's good to have these reps here. These preview tags are useful, even though sometimes they can get a little repetitive when you're completists like us and watch every single thing. But uh, it, it'll be good for Moxley and Finlay to get in there and roll around a little bit, figure out what they're going to do uh, in the Dome. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing a bit of a preview here for that. This is going to be a fun match. There, Everybody knows exactly what this match is going to be. It is just going to be a bunch of guys hitting each other hard. It's not going to be a spectacle. It's not going to be a five-star. Uh, we're all talking about it the next day. Finley's going to walk away with the win. Like, it's not the match that everyone's here to see, but it's the match we need to have to set up the Tokyo Dome. And that's totally fine. And it's just amusing how many AEW people are on this damn show and not at Collision and Rampage this week. It's true. You got to make your partners happy. I get it. That's a good point. I think they maybe, uh, can we check the timeline on this? Did they book this before Punk got kicked out of the company? Like, I, I, you know, maybe I, I'm busy that night. I just don't know. <laughs> uh, but no, let's see what these. The one uh, night they had to pay the Piper and I get it. I'm just surprised that Tony Khan actually made, made the deal to make this happen. Uh, Venkin mentions uh, time limit draw here. Venkin, are you talking about uh, the TV title match or this one? Wh which one are you looking at? I'm curious to hear. And uh, Dunstan they're mentions They're not going one. 30 minutes. No, no they're no not going 30. Uh, Kenta and Ishimori feel so out of place in the Bullet Club War Dogs right now. I agree with you, and I've been saying for weeks that Ishimori mm -hmm. needs to leave uh, Bullet Club and get a new coat of paint and something. Uh, and, uh, I wonder you know, if they ice him past Wrestle Kingdom and do exactly that. I, I think there might be something like that just because of the way he was acting in his match with Hiromu Takahashi he was not Deferring very great clubby. Respect. Yeah, and wearing white too, predominantly white, which isn't mind-blowing, but it's the, the very few things in New Japan happen by accident. I think there could mm -hmm. be something like that. And uh, Richard uh, uh, mentions, uh, will the tag match main event this show? Good question as to what might go last. That's a fair question. And no, I think this was in the order of uh, yeah. from New Japan. Uh, yeah. I set it up as the order of matches. By the way, Richard on our Discord asked straight up if this match would happen on the show. And I was like, I don't know. I think that probably might keep these guys away from each other a little bit. Fair play to Richard. He saw this match coming a mile away. And uh, I certainly did. So good on you, my man. Bankin said it'll end around 18 minutes then. Bankin laying down an over-under right there. I'll take the under on that, by the way. I think it'll probably go about 15. All right. We have the strong open weight championship on the line. Eddie Kingston and Satoshi Kojima as the Eddie Kingston bucket list train continues to roll around the country and the world as it is. He's going to have a match with Satoshi Kojima. Of course, one of Eddie's signature spots is doing the Kojima chops sometimes in the corner. He likes to do that, especially in his new Japan matches. He gets a match with the legend uh, Kozy here. <laughs> I think this could be terrific. Kojima is one of those guys that is in his 50s but still wrestles so well. And it's such a good, smart worker. Uh, it's not going to be the match of the night, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be really good. 
And uh, we're all kind of living vicariously through Eddie right now as he gets to do all these things that he's always wanted to do. And most of us are just uh, thrilled for him. I know I am. And uh, I think it's going to be fun for him to get this match with Kojima. I think he'll win. I don't think they're going to switch the title right here. But uh, a match with uh, Eddie and Kojima, these guys know how to work. It's going to be good. This is, this is the greatest year of Eddie Kingston's life. Uh, yeah. He is basically just had a blast since the G1. He recovered from his hernia surgery. And now he's just going down the catalog of, yeah, I want to wrestle that guy. Can I wrestle that guy? Oh, do you think you can make time to wrestle this guy? And everyone's just opening up their calendars. Yeah, hey, go do this, this, or that. They could certainly use him more in AEW, but it seems like they're just letting him run free in New Japan, having a great campaign here. I'm not even sure who in AEW is even paying attention to what he's doing over in New Japan. It feels like it's just two different Eddie Kingston's. But for a while, Eddie Kingston gets to have his signature Eddie Kingston match against Satoshi Kojima, who's going to have his signature Kojima match. And they're going to match great. It's going to be just a fun 10, 12 minutes of them chopping each other, doing Powerball. You know, the meaty men slapping meat kind of match that they're everyone's getting all excited about. Big men doing power moves, getting up, yelling, screaming, going right back to it. You know what this match is going to be, and we're all going to have fun. Oh, Sam says Kojima rules. And one of the great careers in wrestling history, we've mentioned it on the show before when we did the history of Kojima. He has won all three major Japanese titles, GHC, Triple Crown, and IWGP. He's won all three tournaments. Like, you know, he's, won, he's, won all, he's, won all, he's won everything. And, of course, in one of the great tag teams of all time as well with uh, Tenzan. So uh, just a guy that's done it all. And it hasn't beaten him down the way it has other people, including some that are a hell of a lot younger than him. Kojima can still go. And Eddie's doing great as the NJPW Strong Openweight Championship, according to Bobby. Yep, totally agree. I think he's been fabulous. And he has that it, doesn't he, Jeremy? Who, 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 yeah, and Brad's wondering if he goes to the Dome and who he faces. You know, the, the thing is, Jeremy, how, how many people in wrestling, it's a short list that connect with the fans the way Eddie does. It seems like no matter what he does, the fans get into it. They believe him. They feel what he feels. And he's almost like an AEW, very different style of worker and very different style promo. But it's almost the way Sami Zayn can bring everybody along with him every step of the way. It's just the, the sympathy, even though they're two totally different people, you're on board with every word and every move that these guys do. Would you... Brad has a question here about who Eddie works the dome and who he faces. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I was thinking about it, I was wondering, would you have Eddie Kingston and Hiroshi Tanahashi at the dome? Oh, well, I mean, that's, that's a possibility right there. That feels like the dream match and just the right level of match for Hiroshi Tanahashi. And, mm-hmm. you know, if he's going to do this campaign and maybe drop the title into the new year and he gets to run against these guys and he gets to cap it off, with the title match against Hiroshi Tanahashi at the Dome, that seems like a hell of a a hell of a 2023 run for Eddie Kingston. And given that he's been facing all these older legends in New Japan Pro Wrestling, it might actually be that direction. And Sam says maybe we'll have time to wrestle on Honor Club someday. Oh, <laughs> maybe so, <laughs> maybe so. You know, that's just the. 
Oh, Honor Club, bless your heart. It's a, there. It's it's just such a strange little thing where you've got one of the best workers in the world in uh, Athena that's on that thing, seemingly every single week, and can't get her on national. I applaud people, people that can watch Honor on. Club because I've committed yeah. to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and it takes up so much of my time no. that there's just no way that I can I can go in on on Ring of Honor as well. So mm-hmm. I tip my cap to those that can make the time for Ring of Honor and are fully invested because. I know and I understand that the Athena run, along with her uh, partnership with Billy Starks, is incredibly compelling watch right now. And uh, if you are able to make the time for it, I know you're getting rewarded for it. Another Texas uh, person there, uh, Athena. Always a big fan of hers. Uh, and, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's a fair point, though, with uh, with that, to see what uh, Eddie does. Oh, we have another suggestion. Dunstan says, Shingo versus Eddie in a unification match. And as far as that Honor Club stuff goes, if you you don't need another reason to watch Power Bombshells, uh, you already know why you should. But uh, Sunday at 1 p.m., they cover everything. I don't know when they sleep. I'm not sure they do. Uh, I have a belief with the strong title that that's supposed to be representative of the U.S. market. And that's why the US and JPW US title is more or less going away as is the UK designation, and they're going to come up with a new title. For the US territories, I think that strong title is not going anywhere anytime soon, and it's going to get a lot of prestige going forward. And uh, what we have here is Mystico against TJP in a next in an, a one fall 30 minute time limit match. Mystico, we've been over his story, his long, uh, his complicated story on the show before, TJP. And what you're really looking at here are two guys who have been very good for a very long time and still wrestle at a high level. And, you know, so I think this is going to be a terrific match. And just another example of two really good workers getting in the ring together. There's no real story here. There is not a title on the line. Uh, Mystico is a champion in Mexico. That belt's not on the line. But... Uh, who's going to complain about seeing two workers who really know what they're doing getting in there with each other and not a matchup you see a lot. This is a fresh match. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be – I'm not the biggest TJP fan, but he has done a hell of a great job wrestling this year, selling injuries, uh, compelling stories, matches, whatnot. And Mystico is just come back on the scene uh, in a big way in the last couple months, and I think this is part of his – uh, re-breakout of 2023, and I think it's going to continue with probably a pretty good high-flying Lucha-style match. Yeah, and uh, Sam mentions the perks of being a night owl. <laughs> I, I used to be a night owl, and then I got a puppy, and now I have to try to go to bed. That puppy gets me up. Now, daylight savings time just switched back. We fell back. We haven't quite gotten the dog to learn how to read a clock yet, so now he's uh, bright and early at 6.15 every morning uh, just, <laughs> instead of 7.15. We're still working on that. Oh, goodness. I used to sleep. Yeah, they like saving because the dog doesn't understand that, no, it's not feeding time. And they look at you like, no, it's feeding time. Yeah. Like, we're going to work on this for a couple of days. Yeah, He's not giving up on the idea of convincing us it's feeding time either, by the way. <laughs> uh, let's see. Richard asks, well, what's the plan for Ishii at Wrestle Kingdom? Well, we don't know, do we? I mean, we only have a few matches for Kingdom, and, and there there are a lot of interesting choices out there. My Here's dream is one. Claudio. Yeah, and, and also uh, Eddie and Jeff Cobb for the strong openweight title from go. Bobby. He suggests that one. So what we're seeing here is we've got a pool of names, don't we? And we've got things like uh, Eddie, uh, Tanahashi, Ishii, Cobb, uh, and we're all hoping for Nakajima, but Shingo is in this mix here, too. And trying not to invoke evil, but we know he's going to be somewhere waiting. <laughs> yeah, right, too. Yeah, I know. We're trying to avoid that. But this I is was trying the point. not to speak Shingo versus evil into the world, but that could be it. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's one of these things where they could come up with any combination of these guys and it wouldn't be too bad. The only one I don't think we're going to get is Shingo and Ishii just because you saw it so recently. Mm -hmm. But uh, any combination of these guys might be a lot of fun. It's fun to speculate about this stuff. What else do we have here? Oh, uh, Brad mentions uh, Mistico and TJP should be fun. TJP is an incredible talent outside the ring. Not the best, but inside very few better. Hmm, That's fair enough. Uh, Dunson says, I can see an angle after the match with the War Dogs attacking TJP. Yeah. True, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Darn right about that. And uh, Brad says, maybe a topic for later if Osprey leaves NJPW, what happens to United Empire? A new leader, Will Cobbry sign. So much up in the air. That Well, those questions and more to be decided down the line. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking a Pretty lot. Pretty much about Storm that. Watch. Stormbreaker yeah. Watch. <laughs> and uh, we also have more matches for Lone Star. We're getting uh, to these. Strong openweight tag team championship match. ELP and Hikaleo against Terrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs. I'm calling it right here. I think this is the title change. I think this is when they switch. This one, I think this one might be. If I have to put odds on, as I knock my microphone over, one of my favorite favorite teams right now is Hikaleo and ELP. They're really smooth together. They're really good. Nelson and Isaacs are excellent together. However, I think going into World Tag League, they might lift the burden of the strong openweight tag team titles from them. And uh, it's one of those things where it just makes a lot of sense. Again, strong openweight tag team championship, supposed to be based more in the U.S. Nelson and Isaacs based more in the U.S. Little team filthy love uh, here. And I think this could be the one. If I were laying down odds on which title changed hands, this would have the shortest odds anyway. So you think this is the match where they might change titles? I think the Stephanie Vakir match is where they might change titles. I am really big on, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, I'm big on the, the Gorilla's Destiny team here of Hikaleo and ELP. I don't think that they are going to pivot to having them lose belt before they're going into World Tag League. I think they're kind of going to go out, come out of World Tag League looking like a really strong team. Uh, hmm. There aren't a whole lot of established tag teams in New Japan Pro Wrestling as there have been in the past. Like oh, you got Bishamon, TMDK. You got Bishamon, you got TMDK, and you got these guys. And then you start getting into uh, teams that you're going to have to make together. Like you're putting probably Shingo and Yotasuchi together. You're going to be putting uh, Ren Narita and, Sh- and uh, Shota Umino together. Uh, Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata. Going into the World Tag League, the amount of actually established tag teams that they have that like you think are viable tag team contenders, I wouldn't I wouldn't have them lose going into it because I think they're one of the few teams that New Japan actually has right now that can be considered a viable babyface team. Hmm. Okay, let's see what we got. We also have the War Dogs, by the way. That's a legitimate kid in uh, Coglin. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Petito said, I'd like to see Nelson and Isaacson World Tag League. I'd love so to I... see them in it too, but I feel like I, if I'm they're not... going in it, they're there to lose a lot. And if they're going to have hmm. the, like, they can't lose a lot. And they said uh, they should be in Japan. The heavyweight tag division needs some new teams. Well, I think we're getting some new teams. I think that's one of the things. That we're, I think we are getting some new teams out there. Uh, yeah, and, and a lot of people would like to see. Uh, Brad said he's going to be heartbroken if they don't get the titles here. So uh, I know you're yeah. in it for a buddy. And uh, I'm, I'm, if it happens, I'm going to be happy for you. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and then uh, let's see. Yano and Tana. Yeah, Brad mentions Yano and Tanahashi. Yeah, that'll, that'll almost certainly happen with the uh, 
with uh, Yano and uh, Hiroshi, which comes out of uh, a manga, I guess, uh, there. And uh, Sam said it out, but we're going to find out very, very soon what she thought were the best. Thank you for joining us, Sam. We really appreciate it and remember. Sam, you get to play with the comments here. We're good at this time. Like, yeah, we're, we're good. Point. Yeah. And uh, Richard has a question here that I think is worth getting into since we're kind of spitballing here this week. Triple threat matches in NJPW are so rare, but considering they're doing Mox, Finlay, and Will at Wrestle Kingdom, do you think we see more of these in 2024? Or is it just the circumstance of Will leaving? They tend to do more four ways than three ways, don't they? They like those four corner things, especially in the junior heavyweight ranks. They like doing those. Uh, so I, I do feel like this match has more to do with circumstance and that they want to they don't want to beat Will necessarily on the way out. Or yet, anyway. He may not uh, even lose this match. They could. He might not. They he could might not. deke us three times, and just he walks right out, and he doesn't lose the title for another month. Yeah, but I do think it is a way of getting Finlay into a major match, and I think what they wanted to do was Finlay and Will would be a major match. Finlay and Mox would be a major match. But I think this is a way of kind of. I think at that point he is the B side of any of that and and it, with this it kind of makes it more of an event that we're still going to get osprey and moxley and the drama of will finlay do something to heal his way into a victory and you're establishing a new championship which is why i don't think i don't think will's winning the match because they're trying to establish a new title if they weren't then he would just retain it would just be for the yeah, u.s this is a title defense rather than yeah. the establishment of a new title but and i also don't think they want to pin it the inaugural blank blank <laughs> champion but i also think the fall will be decided between finlay and mox in one direction or the other that's just they my did, guess they did Again, go pretty break... heavy that mox hasn't been pinned since 2019 mm -hmm. in a new japan ring and if you wanted to do one more match afterwards if finley beats mox where you know, on his way out, and ends up being Finley and Osprey one on one, and Osprey does the job trying to win the title, but doesn't, and that's his last match. Uh, proper New Japan. That's certainly a way that you could go because his contract is up in February. It isn't up in January. And Richard says it feels like the circumstance of Will leaving, having Mox in a major match, and eventually further establishing Finlay. Yeah. I, again, my thing with Finlay is he's my odds-on favorite early on with months to go of uh, winning the New Japan Cup, or at least being heavily involved in the New Japan Cup. I think that's a great way to launch him going into the summer as well. So uh, we also have this one, and uh, it, it goes right into what we're talking about with the Bullet Club because it's Tamatanga, Tangaloa, Kushida, and Kevin Knight against the uh, War Dogs, Gabe Kidd, Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, and Chase Owens in this one. So, uh, And this is one that uh, you mentioned, Brad says... Uh, sticking out in the war dogs chase Owens <laughs> sticks out more than ishimori and kenta it's an interesting thing because chase has established himself as the what is pliable suck up like like whoever the leader is is the greatest leader of all time he's just such a little sycophant just there's a little little kiss ass to whoever the bull jay white was the greatest until finley took over now finley's the greatest and he's just a smarmy little weasel that just kind of pokes around the bullet club right there he's got that down for his character so it's what's allowing him to hang on with bullet club a little bit there is just his his undying loyalty to the brand more than anything else <laughs> so. i like that he's not like sniveling about it he's just kind of yeah. like yeah okay i can do i can get on board with this you want me to do what you want me to break this guy's leg? Well, I'll try. 
Sure, no problem. <laughs> King's dead. Long live the king, right? There you go. So uh, Vankin thinks the Bullet Club wins this one. I don't think whoever wins this one is all that important. Uh, but uh, yeah, I well, do think that... given that Tamatonga is trying to get a never title shot yeah, for Shingo, that's where I, I kind of see Tama beating Chase Owens yeah. and... and and then having some sort of stare down, probably not an attack. Tomatonga is a baby face and so is Shingo, but some sort of uh, stare down uh, for that never open weight title at some point in the evening, I think, will yeah. probably be the thing. Just to I mean, we'll up. probably end up having some kind of match between Gabe Kidd uh, and Alex Coughlin between Tangelo and Tamatonga if I, if I had to read the room on this properly. But, you know, I just see Tamatonga beating Chase Owens, given that. He's the only real trajectory right now uh, with the match. Dunson says it just feels like Ghetto can't be bothered to clarify who's in Bullet Club. Well, I think we know who's in. I think we know who's in and who's out now. I think they've pretty much established that House of Torture is its own thing now. I, I really don't think that they're part of Bullet. They really aren't in the tags together anymore. I think they've kind of clarified that. It's just a matter of does everyone belong in it, and maybe not long term. I, I really think that you know there's a chance that Ishimori could be. Heading we out also there. need to keep in mind that the actual plot point of what happens at Wrestle Kingdom may be deciding factors for in storyline what the wrestlers' directions decide to be going into 2024. So the whole so, so. idea of what it, cause and effect is is a big part of this. Hey, buddy. Uh -huh. How you doing? <laughs> Jeremy's been joined by his dog. Uh, and we also have oh, this one. Match. Oh, Toro match. Yano and Joey Janela. Now, okay. I have decided, Jeremy, to put a happy face on this. Okay? <laughs> Here's my thought on this. And this is we what I'm go going with. While we talk about this one. We have to subject everybody to this. <laughs> one, you got to go to the merch stand and say hi to USVA guy at some point, right? So sure. at the welcome stand, I mean. So maybe I'll do it during this match. But I don't think they would sound. Uh, here's what I'm telling myself. I don't know if it's true. Would they send Toriano all the way across the ocean just to have like a weird three minute silly? Like, there's going to be something creative going on here. Maybe that'll be how this goes. The bad news is anything creative has to do with Joey Janela, who I don't like. He's just not my taste. Don't like the guy. Uh, don't like his work and, and all that. So uh, I don't know. It Look, wrestling is a variety show you don't have to like every act i i will I, this match for me is one to be tolerated more than enjoyed this feels like we're gonna get a lot of joey janela high spots that fail and crash and burn with toriano uh picking up the pieces because i i legitimately do not see toriano doing a whole lot of bullshit that's going to hurt himself which is a lot of what joey janela's matches are. Mm -hmm. So if the conclusion I'm going to draw is Joey Janela is going to be doing a lot of work to hurt himself to get this match over because that's how he thinks that people are going to be wanting to see his match. So, yeah, uh, well, and it seems to be Bobby says it's great to see Joey Janela wrestling in New Japan. So I not what I not what I was expecting <laughs> to see uh, when yeah. I saw the preview at the uh, at the Fighting Spirit Unleashed. I was like, oh, oh, okay, uh, sure. Duncan wants, Duncan wants him in Bullet Club. He says, "Join. Hey, you should join Bullet Club. Just imagine Honestly, that." Honestly, Janela and Chase Oaks is a tag team. There are worse ideas. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there you go. All right. What else? Is there anything else here? Yes, of course. We got a couple Still of. Uh, we got a. Oh, zoom in here's the lucha this. match. A little bit of a lucha match with Tiger Mask thrown in. We have Atlantis Mas uh, Mascara Dorada and Tiger Mask against Ultimo Guerrero, Rocky Romero, 
and Hechicero. So that'll just be Are we be uh, a... continuing the 40th anniversary trend on this one? Right. And, you know, this one will be probably about 10 minutes and everyone will get their stuff in and hit some signature spots and it'll be just fine. It'll probably be good. And Fred Rosser against Tom Lawler. Now, this one would have main evented one of these shows not all that long. In fact, it did, didn't it? With the, the, the whole chase with Fred Rosser to, to Filthy Tom. When Tom, that feels like a long time ago now, doesn't it? When he was the NJPW Strong Champion. And here it is. Uh, singles match opening the jerk in the curtain now with a match that would have main evented a few years ago. But two talented men. I want to say Brad in the Discord suggested it. But if it wasn't Brad, and you are in the chat right now, take credit for this. Somebody thinks that this match is going to lead to these two teaming up into the World Tag League. Wow. That's an intriguing thought. Especially after all they've been through with each other. A, yes. a bit of mutual respect breaks out. It's an, it's yeah. the odd couple year, right? Think it's it the year of the Brad. odd couple. Yes, it's 100%. the year of the odd couple. But we, are, we have that going on in a lot of ways. So if we had that in the American version. But they also, like... Tom Lawler gets the rug pulled out of him from under him a lot. Yeah, so if that didn't me. happen, I'd Gunny. be bumped. But it was a great idea when I heard it. I wanted to, you know, shout out the idea because uh, it's a great reason to have it. All right. There you have it. And then we have, uh, this will be the opener here, Barrett Brown and Matt Vandegrift. We saw Matt at uh, Las Vegas in the opener uh, there against uh, Buck Skinner. And, uh, you know, it's uh, – this is the two guys that are part of the LA dojo. So they get a little bit of uh, ring time here in front of the fans in the opener. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing what these guys have. Bear Brown knew I uh, haven't seen him before. So that'd be nice. All right. Okay. So that's the end of the card. I got a couple other slides from a couple matches coming up, but. So while we're doing that, that that thing that we were doing earlier. Yes. So now go ahead and give us your nominations here in the chat for the Will Will Ospreay nominations for uh, best year ever. And uh, we will go into uh, some of these things that Jeremy was just talking about, some of these events coming up. And then we'll start reading these off in the chat and talk about them as they come in. But Rainy Days Anjo. Uh, So uh, this is in Kazuchika Okada's hometown. And uh, this is a, a show that's basically a house show. It's one of those deals a little bit. Show? It's a little bit like Taichi Mania or okay. when Hiromu Takahashi promoted his own show. And uh, he recently served as the honorary chief of the Anjo police station for the day. Okada did. Very proud of their native son, of course. That's according to a post-wrestling article by uh, Andrew Thompson there. And uh, yeah, so this is not going to be on World as far as we can tell. But it is a, it's a house show in Anjo. And if you look on the NJPW site, they have... Tickets available, but no card announced uh, for this one. It's Saturday. The show is Saturday. But uh, Okada going back to his hometown. So that's just kind of a, a cool little uh, thing there. And then we have this one, New Japan Road. This will be coming up in uh, Yamagata. Uh, in, uh, that's coming up uh, in uh, the 17th. King of Pro Wrestling title on the line. Show challenging, or show, Taichi challenging show again. No stipulations have been announced as of yet. So we will find out. But the King of Pro Wrestling title, uh, Taichi against show. And I suppose we'll be uh, looking at the stipulations next week. But right now, we don't know what those are, uh, what either guy is uh, offering up as stipulations for this one. And I kind of shudder to think about it a little bit because uh, show was talking about how uh taichi put some sort of a hex or a voodoo curse on the title and that's why he lost at uh at uh, the best of the super junior tag cool. or at super junior tag league and uh, uh let's hope they don't go that direction huh let's cool. we don't need them anyway <laughs> what else we got? So, 
what else do we have? So we have on uh, New Japan Road, we've been seeing the never open weight six-man champions, Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii against Honma, Ren Narita, and Ryusuke Taguchi. This is a bit of a Honma anniversary thing. And uh, if we have time next week, Jeremy, uh, we haven't really talked a lot about Tomoaki Honma, who's had a very interesting career uh, in pro wrestling. I think it might be fun if we go back and do a little Honma history if we have time next week to talk, because this uh, show will be coming up when we do our show next week. So maybe a little bit of a Honma look back when we uh, return here, because a uh, fascinating guy, fascinating guy has been through a lot, been through a lot. Uh, the What he had been able to overcome and persevere through has been utterly fan, utterly amazing. And there are times that I watch him in the ring and I forget that he was, he had a stroke and was paralyzed over like the entirety of his body at one point. Okay. And uh, do we have any other slides here to talk about there? There it is. So we'll have uh, the Just Five Guys crew against uh, the House of Torture crew. Yeah, that's all mm. I got on that one. <laughs> and and this one, Yuji Nagata and Minoru Suzuki teaming up uh, for the first time. This is for the first time uh, that we can find that they've been a tag team uh, with uh, Shooter, uh, Shota Umino, and Tiger Mask on the other side at the LIJ contingent of Shingo, uh, Yoda Suji, Hiromu Takahashi and Bushi there. And I had some information here on uh, the Nagata-Suzuki rivalry. Suzuki has 78 victories. Nagata has 79 with two draws. <laughs> and that includes like tag matches and things. Uh, records are not 100% complete, by the way. So especially in the early 2000s, we might not have every single match uh, recorded, but that's according to wrestling data. Their first, recording, uh, first recorded meeting at Ultimate Crush 2. October 13th, 2003, they were in a 10-man tag elimination match. And Suzuki teamed up with, ready for this one, uh, Kazuyuki Fujita, Yoshihiro Takayama. That's a, that was a beast of a man right there. Unfortunately, he uh, suffered a pretty uh, serious injury. And Bob Sapp, who yeah. for a while was the biggest star in both uh, K1 kickboxing and uh, pro wrestling, teaming with Shinsuke Nakamura. And they defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi. That was back in 03, Nakamura and Tanahashi. Uh, Manabu Nakanishi, Yuji Nagata, Tenzan, and Seji Sakaguchi. Uh, Inoki's right-hand man. That was the very first time that, as far as we know, those two uh, came up against each other in the ring. And then, of course, and we so just saw the... it been a three-month story, right? Right after the G1, we had the six-man best-of-seven series with Yuji Nagata... Uh, Shota Umino and Master Wado versus Minoru Suzuki, Ren Narita, and El Desperado. And they had one draw, and then they all, both teams went three and three. And then afterwards, they had their respect. And so if you were wondering how this all came to be, after their best of seven series, everybody shook hands, and now all three matched opponents are now tag teaming with each other in respective events and now we have this dream team of Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata that Steven is referring to never happened before and given their uh back and forth in which they've been so unbelievably equal this is a treat an absolute treat it's the year of the odd couple and in a very cool way ghetto just bringing the world together so let's get to a couple comments and then we're going to talk about best years ever and uh Brad uh mentions that uh, by the way Matt uh, Vandegrift is is really a talent. He's from FSW in Vegas, the same place as Chris Bay and uh, the West Coast Wrecking Crew. So yeah, all right. Hey, I mean, he was uh, he was good in that match with uh, with uh, Buck Skinner there. Uh, 
Skinner, by the way, deceptively tall. I walked past him in the uh, casino right there. And that dude's like, I'm six feet tall. And he was he was well above me there. So he's a tall guy. And then uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. And then Dunstan says that in the King of Pro Wrestling title match, Taichi's stipulation should be the show has to go back to his old self. <laughs> That's a good one. I like it. I like it. They should do that. Okay. Best years ever. So who else has had a year like Will Ospreay or even close to what Will Ospreay has? Brad here has a couple of suggestions. I'm going to do Brad's and then I'm going to mention uh, a couple of mine. And I'd like to hear some of yours too here, Jeremy. So uh, Orange Cassidy and Zack Sabre Jr. this year, he would put up as having some incredible years. Good call. Uh, Speedball, this and last year has been incredible. And here's one that I mold around for a little bit. FTR as a tag team last year had a really phenomenal year. And that was with some of those Briscoe matches, uh, some of the Young Bucks stuff. That was a very, very good year for them. Uh, none of them at the same level of will, but all top tier years. Uh, so uh, some good nominations there. And here's a couple of mine. Now, you know, I'm an old guy and I love the history stuff. So I go way back. Ric Flair, 1989. Here's my okay. point on that one. The three match run with Rick Steamboat. Well, he did a house show run with them too. Every match Ric Flair and Rick Steamboat ever had was great. But 1989, they had three very different classic matches at pay-per-views and those were all interesting in their own ways then after that right on the edge of that third one when rick flair beat steamboat for the nwa title it transitioned right into that legendary terry funk feud because funk attacked him after that last match with steamboat and then it went into that house show feud which was amazing the terry funk working all these great matches with rick flair uh on the house show circuit with a broken tailbone and, and I don't know if you read all this after Funk passed away not too long ago. It was in The Observer and things that Funk used to go through takeoffs on airplanes. Then as soon as he was able to unbuckle his seatbelt, he would do so, turn around, kneel on the floor with his head on the seat, because then his tailbone wouldn't hurt for a few seconds, get to the arena, and then put on a brilliant match with Ric Flair. This is just men of a different uh, type then. And then, of course, that all led to the great uh, I Quit match in New York between Flair and and Funk, which is one of the all-time legendary NWA uh, television matches. So not too many people have had better years than that. The Midnight Express in 1986. I'm going to throw that one out there because they had some incredible series of matches with the Rock and Roll Express and a little bit more with uh, with, with some other folks in there. That was the heart of that feud, which is one of the great tag team feuds of all time. Also led to a great series of matches with Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, and all that is part of the Great American Bash that year and uh, when the Bash was uh, at, at its peak. So that was one of the best years a tag team has ever had. And I thought I would throw those uh, two out there. So you got any, you got any other lists on here? Do we ever yeah, we can do that. Sam? Yeah, let's see. At the end. Colin has mentioned that Speedball Mike Bailey, I don't think he's won many, if any, titles, but he wrestled everywhere against everyone. Yeah. I mean, he, Mike is having an incredible run in his career. And Richard says Bret Hart in 1997. That's a very good point right there, leading all the way up to uh, really the Montreal Screwjob. But that was when uh, he was really at his peak and having great matches against a lot of different opponents, of course, as a baby face in Canada and then the biggest heel in the United States. So working a couple of different styles, uh, there as well, and uh, having strong years of promo. So, but in the ring, Brett had a lot of really great matches in 1997. That's a good one. So, I lean towards 
There are a couple of years that Shawn Michaels had somewhere between 2006 and 2010 that you could go from a WrestleMania to a WrestleMania and say that was a banner year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels year from that to Shawn Michaels versus Edge the next year Mm. or the WrestleMania one match with the Undertaker to the next WrestleMania. Those were two completely unbelievable career years for that. And then you also have to keep in mind Kenny Omega 2018 was one of those years that was just like, dude wrestled out of his mind. And I think, I think Will has him beat this year. But the matches that he had, I think that was the two out of three falls match with Okada uh, was in 2018. It might have been 2017, but I think it was 2018. Uh, That was also an unbelievable, an unbelievable campaign. And you start getting into, like, you could talk about Okada's reign where he went 12 undefeated matches in a row. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, That you also have that that you can keep in mind. So there are there are legacy rungs here or there, but I'm pretty sure that this one by Osprey is going to be hard to hard to match or top. I'm going to toss out another one here, and I want to hear Sam's. Do you have Sam's? I don't. I've been looking for it. Oh, okay. I thought you said you put it in there. Ending uh, out. You... I'll catch a rest. Send you my outstanding wrestler, and then oh. I never saw it. Oh, okay. Is it in the Slack or anything? I'm looking. I didn't see it. Okay. All right. Well, sorry, Sam. Well, if we, we'll, if we, we'll find it, we'll, and we'll bring it up next week if we get it. We'll, oh yeah, we're we're coming back to this. Yeah, and I'm gonna uh, throw another couple out here that come from my heart, and that is from my favorite era of professional wrestling too, the uh, All Japan Run, the King's Road Run in the mid 1990s when you had the Four Pillars of Heaven uh, on top, and that would be Mitsuharu Masawa, the late great Mitsuharu Masawa, Toshiaki Kawada. Uh, uh, Kira Tawe and Kenta Kobashi. Kobashi in 1996 was about as good as anybody on the planet on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Mitsuharu Masawa, 1994, also 92, 93, 95. But uh, I, I think 1994, he had what is my favorite professional wrestling match of all time against Kawada. And uh, those Budokan Hall main events, uh, which are what that, that's Eddie Kingston stuff too, like that, that King's Road stuff, those Budokan Hall main events, they would always end there tours with a big show at Budokan Hall. Uh, And also during that period, I think they went something like several consecutive years selling out every show they did in the city of Tokyo. And uh, that would be uh, one there too. So I'm going to throw out there Suharu Masawa, 1994, between his tag team matches and his uh, singles matches uh, with the Triple Crown, Kenta Kobashi, 1996. Bobby Batito has some thoughts here. He is uh, is picking Julia and Mayu Iwatani and Eddie Kingston, Zack Sabre Jr., Okay. Did you get Richard with his Bret Hart 97? I think you did. Yes, I did mention that one there. And there were a lot of good ones going up to the screw job there. That was uh, that was that year going up to that one. Uh, it was a very exciting time to be watching uh, WWE TV, WWF TV back then. Deep cut here. Yeah, Brad mentions Rob Van Dam's ECW TV title run, this feud with Jerry Lynn at the time. Boy, that is a deep cut, but it's worth mentioning. That's some good stuff to go back and look at there. That I'm not the ECW nut that some other people are. Uh, I don't hate it, but I, I I don't have I'm not the big ECW nut uh, that a lot of people are. But that's I got to call nuts, man. <laughs> well, I mean, now I'm saying I'm not. That was me. 
Anything else, Jeremy? Any other thoughts? No, I I think we're good. Uh, well, I have we're gonna some be, new We're, we're going to be reviewing Lone Star Shootout next week. Maybe we'll have some World Tag League talk to kind of mm-hmm. run through. I already picking Ren and Shota to win the whole thing myself, and they're not <laughs> even announced yet. So that could, that, that could pop your like I, a little bit. Like I, I hate to spoil it that for you guys, but they've been they've been on my they've been circled to win this thing for me for quite a while. Uh, what do you got? You got anything else? Yeah, I do. Uh, we have a few new dates uh, coming up for big events, uh, and uh, uh, those are coming up in January. New beginning in Nagoya on January twentieth. We also know that new beginning in Osaka will be February eleventh. February 12th through the 19th is Fantastica Mania. We have talked about that here on the show. February 23rd and 24th, New Beginning in Sapporo. So they will be doing uh, those big shows. Some of those, depending on the lineups, might have a live show to do uh, around that time as well because uh, we've been doing that for the biggies. So We got, uh, we and, got, a, we got a little bit of housekeeping before we call it a day. You ready, let's do it. Uh, you ready to go through this? Fire. So we will not be on on Thanksgiving which is two weeks from today. We will be taking the day off. There will only be three shows of World Tag League that night, that day. So we're going to be uh, skipping through on that one. And then what else do we got? Any other? Oh, yes. If you are part of the Patreon, we have moved to Friday morning on the Patreon for the drop. In addition to that, on the Patreon, the... Joshi Show, the five-star wrestling Joshi Show with Scott E. Wrestling is now going to be in the free feed every Friday morning. And given the information that was weird to trickle out with (laughs) Megan Bain and Stardom and AEW, he is a resource that you should follow. He's also been a co-host, guest, and favored friend of this show. So continue to check that out. We also have our own podcast feed. You can find us if you Google anywhere, speak of strong style podcast. You should find you a link. You can also find it on my Twitter at Jer Finestone. Doing it there. Any other things? Yeah, well, I think that's the housekeeping. I think you did a great job with that. So Click like and in. subscribe. If you have been watching this show, go in there, make a comment on uh, on the archive video like the show the more people that like it if you had fun talking and bullshitting about new japan pro wrestling liking the show will just make it so that more people join in and have more fun and we can keep this party going even more and it's all up to you to go in there and like and subscribe wherever you can get the chance i also want to mention the first live brad mentions this one brad mentions this one uh the first live english uh commentary show on njpw world is the first night of tag league so we'll get to hear that and uh the uh, let's see. Oh, and uh, Colin mentions uh, the first North, uh, the first New Japan American show that had Julia on it is up on the upgraded uh, New Japan site, so you can go and check that out. And Richard also has this question: Is Will under contract through the end of February? I haven't read the contract. I am under the impression that it's the end of January, yes. and that once he reaches February, that Will is a free like agent. February first. Midnight. Yeah. So that's exactly when his phone should buzz with messages from both Paul Levesque and Tony Khan. So in case you're wondering when that happens, I'm sure they're so sending alarms. The dreams of the Royal Rumble are not going to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the important thing there is that he's he should not be out of contract by then, uh, from what we understand. So all right. Man, this is a good show. Thanks for everybody I- who showed up. 
Decided to chat. Thanks to the Fight Game Media crew, Sam, Paul. Thanks to Walker Stewart. Man, yes. Walker Stewart from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Showed How cool is chat. this? this is fantastic. Cool. I'm going to have to send him a thank you. That was rad. Right. But thank you There's to all you guys. There's a fun for... that you can have when you join Speaking Strong Style on Thursday at yeah. 5.30 Eastern. Anybody can show up and it could just get crazy. We had Dave Melker on one time. It was pretty wild. Chris Sampson's been on the show. Chris Sampson's been on the show. And we'll be we're again, I'm sure. Important. We're yeah, speaking we're doing a strong well. style, and a lot of people are speaking a strong style with us. With that in mind, we're going to wrap it up here for this yeah. week. We will be back next week. So the time we're off, Thanksgiving Day in the United States. But next week, we will be here to talk more about Lone Star Shootout, Preview World Tag League, and the other events going on. So for Jeremy Feinstone, I'm Stephen Conway. Thanks for listening to and watching Speaking a Strong Style. We'll see you again very soon.